Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. That's right, time to talk to our guy Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic. At J.P. Rutherford is where you can follow him on Twitter. And uh, let's head to our celebrity line. Jr. got inside information here that you were there at the game that Adam Wainwright won his 200th game. Now, Jamie has taken credit for, and we have given him credit for helping Wayno since Jamie threw out the first pitch, helping Wayno earn win number 200. Uh, now I'm starting to doubt that, though, with your presence there. I think it may have been you. Any <laughs> no, uh, any truth to I that? I give the credit to Riv. I give the credit to Riv for sure. You know, it's funny is uh, we had uh, a pregame meal. My son and I went down to the game, and I didn't know he was throwing out the first pitch. And so we're we're snacking on the pregame dinner, and I look up on the TV, and there's uh, Jamie throwing out the first pitch. Nice job. I like I said, I texted him saying a little bit outside, but I agree with him. It's probably a little difficult off the mound, although I've seen a lot of other people throw strikes. Uh, but I think that uh, Jamie... <laughs> JR, it's confirmed that Angel Hernandez called it a strike. All right? That's all that matters. But no, I, I give him the credit. What a night, Riv. I don't know. I'm sure you stayed to the end. That was just uh, something to, to see. That was terrific. Yeah, it was quite a night. It was quite a night. No, we had a great time. Family was down there, and then I told these guys right away, the next day, I said it was like a playoff atmosphere, which we certainly haven't had that much of an atmosphere all season long here at a Cardinals game. So it, it was pretty pretty cool to be there during that moment. And it's got to be pretty cool for you to share that experience with your son, too. Yeah, and we, we it was the perfect storm. Uh, some other people were supposed to use the tickets that we had near the dugout. They weren't able to use them. And so my son and I jumped at the opportunity. So we're not too far behind the owners. And like you said, you know, fever pitch, uh, every pitch for Adam Wainwright, including the DeWitts who were just right in front of us, uh, Bill DeWitt, the owner, uh, standing up towards the end of the game, and he stayed after for uh, Adam Wainwright to come out of the dugout and, and accept uh, all the congratulations that he was due. So, yeah, for my son to stand there and, and watch that, it's something that we'll re- remember forever. We were also there for Albert Pujol's last Grand Slam. These are things now that at 10 and 11 years old he's starting to remember and, and I think he'll be able to hang on to. That's neat. That's how that's how you get lifelong fans, in, in my opinion. Jeremy Rutherford joining us right now on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. JR, the news yesterday, not surprising, although there was a lot of conversation. We had a conversation with you over the last couple of weeks. Will the Blues even name a captain? As as we know now, they did name a captain yesterday. It was Braden Shen. No surprise there, right? Yeah, and I think that uh, people have to understand that when we talk about Doug Armstrong really doing his homework. You know, you get to the finish line, and Braden Shen's your captain, and it was a pretty obvious choice. But there was a time, and it wasn't recent. It wasn't long ago when Doug Armstrong was trying to decide: Do I name a captain? Do I not? Do we do cope captains? You know, what do we do here? And I think that uh, at times he weighed every option as a, a strong possibility. And then finally, he got to the finish line, and it was Braden Shen. So I think. Uh, for most of us, we look at it and say it's it's a wise choice. I remember last year when Ryan O'Reilly was traded, going in the locker room. It might have been that day even. And uh, I looked at Braden and I said, hey, you got room on that sweater for the C? And he kind of laughed and said, no, 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 man, come on. And then uh, yesterday I reminded him of that. And he said, yeah, you did say that. So uh, I think that for years we've seen the characteristics, what he brings to this team. I think Doug Armstrong said it the best yesterday. 
he's a, a St. Louis original when it comes to the way he plays the game, and, and it's going to be nice to see him with that C on his chest. Yeah, it sure is. I, I think the world of him as a player and as an individual, <clears throat> I think he was born for this role, quite honestly. I think he's going to do a great job. Um, but, Jared, training camp opens up officially tomorrow morning with uh, the boys hitting the ice. From a storyline standpoint, you know, what are you looking to see out of this Blues team? Yeah, first of all, I think you handled that question earlier in the show uh, terrifically. There's a lot of times where when I'm driving around and I'm listening and you get posed a Blues question, I'm thinking to myself, okay, where's he going to go with this answer? And they asked about, hey, what am I going to see in my first training camp? And and you nailed it. It's chaos. It just really is. It's it's every rink buzzing. It's people talking about this prospect looks good or this night this guy's not on the ice. Where's he at? Maybe he's banged up. And and so for storylines, you, you go into it just knowing that the first couple of days are going to be pretty chaotic, and then things will start to to settle down a week into it or so. Uh, but lots of storylines. Lots of storylines. Are the Blues going to play the line of Pavel Butnevich, Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas? Are they going to be together? You, you, you had conversation on the station earlier today about Robert Thomas. He's been working with Adam Oates. How much is that going to improve him? Are we finally going to see him with a, a shooting mentality in addition to what he brings, being able to dish out the puck? You know, what do these guys look like on defense? Uh, Tory Krug, who won't be reevaluated until October 1st, has been skating. How close is he to actually participating in training camp uh, as we get a week or so into it? So we'll find out about that. And also, the goalie situation, Jordan Bennington's obviously going to be your number one, but now you got Joel Hofer coming in for Thomas Grice. How does he look early on in camp, and how is he going to be able to push Jordan Bennington as we get deeper into the season? Lots of storylines. You can't put answers to all of them, as you know, Riv, uh, the first few days of camp, but uh, we'll get, get into it and, and start digging a little deeper. Well, JR, you mentioned storylines. I know you got a story coming out on Jordan Cairo, one of the players you just mentioned. Can you, can you give us a, a tease? Yeah, sure. Uh, it was about a week ago, sat down with Jordan Cairo for about 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, it's a situation where you go into the interview knowing that you're going to start asking questions about the defensive zone and the all-around game. And what did he do this offseason to try to help himself out in that area? And so you're a little bit uh, cautious with your question because, you know, a guy has a chip on his shoulder about how those areas of his game are perceived. But I think we got into it pretty deep and he talked about how in junior hockey it's just not something that you pay attention to you're scoring all those goals and as you get into the nhl you realize how important it is but the line the quote that stuck out me to me anthony uh, from jordan Cairo was uh, hey i feel like i took a step goal scoring wise last year but it's more than goal scoring it's about everything i can control if i work my butt off i could control shift to shift and that's the player that i want to be so I uh, also talked to Braden Shen about him yesterday. have a line in the story from Braden Shen about Jordan Cairo, and he said, I feel like he's getting it. I feel like he understands how many eyes are watching him in this organization as far as a guy who's not only producing, but being a guy who can push the culture in this locker room. I think he's getting it. That's from the new captain, Braden Chen. So, so lots to uncover in that uh, Cairo piece. Sorry, JR. Uh, speaking of the culture, speaking of Jordan Cairo. How much do you think he'll be impacted one way or another with with a, with a different locker room? I mean, no Ryan O'Reilly, no Vladimir Tarasenko, no uh, Ivan Barbashev. You've got new faces. It, it, you know, th- this was a player that was he, – he's still young, but he's been really young, and he grew up kind of in a different locker room. How much do you see Jordan Cairo changing off the ice from a, from a hockey standpoint uh, in, an, in a new locker room, new environment? 
Yeah, Anthony, I'm going to tell you a great, great question on that. And the reason I'm saying that is because I asked that question to him. So. <laughs> 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 a great mind thinks alike. Thinks alike. Yeah. I asked him about that because uh, it is different. You don't have a Vladimir Tarasenko and some of those other names that you mentioned. And, and I asked him about, you know, the contract kicks in this year. Look, it's not all that common that a guy signs a deal uh, a year in advance. Uh, both Thomas and Kyra did that. So for people not familiar with that situation, you sign the deal last September, but you play the final year of your previous contract, $2.8 million. He knows he's got the eight-year, $65 million contract coming, but that doesn't kick in till this season. So last year that was on his mind. He said it weighed on him, and now he's gonna, he feels better about that situation, playing, knowing what the expectations are. And I said, what about the fact that you don't have some of those veteran faces around here and it's all on you? And his answer was pretty, I thought, thoughtful. He said, Anthony, that uh, you know, I, I've really gotten used to that the past year or so, even when those guys were here. I was a guy who everybody kind of looked at to produce, and I don't feel like that's going to be any different moving into this year as opposed to last year. So, you know, he's growing up. We'll see what happens in the D zone. Uh, both Shen, Baruby, optimistic that he realizes what's going on and he can take those strides. Good stuff. Looking forward to that that piece coming out on the Athletic. Good stuff, to, uh, Jr. We're we're getting fired up here, man. We got training camp. Eventually preseason, and of course the regular season's right around the corner. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a good rest of your week. Yep, thanks, boys. Talk to you later.